You may be seated. Thank you, Brother Matt. So wonderful to see all of you here this morning, all of our members and our visitors, those of us, those of you online. And uh, we're just very glad to have you here with us. We appreciate your presence, your commitment, your, your dedication. And, uh, and if you're visiting, we appreciate you being here. You didn't have to be here. You chose to be here. Someone invited you. And uh, that means a lot to us. And we want to treat you well and make you feel welcome. And we want you to know you're always invited back at any time we assemble and in any of our activities. So we thank you so much for being here. And Joyce and I and our family have some special guests, the Crisp family, Terrence and LaToya, and their daughter Lexi and Terrence are with us. And we have, we've all been friends since before we were married and had kids. So uh, it, it, uh, it was a special uh, treat for them to drive all the way from Abilene to come and see us. And uh, Terrence and LaToya are gonna drive back today and then the kids will stay with us and then uh, Joyce and the kids are gonna go to Abilene next week. The, the girls have a shine camp at, at Oldham Lane they're gonna go to, and so uh, they're gonna, they're gonna spend, get a lot of time together that I know they've missed. Terrence is older than Jacob, but he's been a buddy and a big brother to him uh, really ever since Jacob was born, and Malia and Lexi have been best buds since they were born, so. Uh, they, they're, they're, they're special friends, and so we're so glad to have them. You've, many of you have met them. If you hadn't met them, be sure to meet them before they leave. Now remember, tonight we start back our evening services. So I'm, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because you would all raise your hand that you're going to be here tonight, but we want to encourage you and invite you to uh, be here tonight, and uh, anyone else who, who's not here who maybe is watching online, we want you to know you're invited to be here tonight. We thank you so much uh, for your presence today. And so we continue today our, our series on if Jesus is Lord, and then each week looking at something different, a different implication of that. So if he's Lord, then what? And so we're looking at something different each week. And this week we look at, I get the rebound. Uh, so what does that mean? What, is, what are we talking about with rebounding? Well, rebounding... As you know, in basketball, is a really important part of the game, right? Uh, you, you rebound in order to get the ball and hopefully be able to score if you missed the shot or if the other team uh, missed it, then you want to get the rebound and get to the other end of the court so you can score, right? So rebounding is a key component of a successful basketball game. You want to practice at that, of course, like every other uh, skill in basketball. And the better you can rebound, the, the greater your chances are of possession, having possession of the ball and scoring and ultimately winning the game. So rebounding is important in basketball. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain has the NBA all-time record for rebounds, 23,924 rebounds. Now, among NCAA Division I women, Courtney Paris holds the record for most rebounds, totaling 2,034 in her college career. I think she went on to coach, if I remember correctly. Now, they did not achieve their records by just standing there 
looking at the fans, waving at mom, twiddling their thumbs. That's not how they got those rebound records. How did they get those rebound records? They had to stay actively, mentally, physically engaged in the game at every second. They couldn't let a second go by without paying attention, eye on the ball, paying attention to what's happening, right? But you know, there are times in our own life when we blow the shot too, and we need to get the rebound, aren't there? There are times in our life when we sin, when we mess up, when we blow it, and we've got a decision to make. Are we going to get the rebound in our faith? There's times we get off track in our life, off track in our faith, and, and, and we just, things hadn't been right. Our head hadn't been in the game. We hadn't been paying attention, actively engaged in the game, so to speak, of our faith. And we need to get the rebound. And we've got a decision. Are we going to get the rebound or are we just going to give up and walk out of the game? And I don't know how you're feeling or where you're at in your life, but maybe you kind of feel like that now. Maybe you kind of wonder, well, what do I do to get back in the game? How do I get the rebound? Well, I hope the things that we look at in the life of Peter today will help us. Peter had to get the rebound in his faith, and I think he's a great example for us. <clears throat> if you know anything about Peter, you know he was bold and passionate in his faith. He was a fisherman by trade, and so he was used to hard work, and he was a strong, tough guy. He was bold in his personality. He was used to the, the hard stuff, and sometimes his faith was rock solid, and we're going to talk about that. But there was other times when his faith was pretty weak, as we'll see. But what we see is that Peter would always get the rebound in his faith, and that's what we want to learn from today. Now, in John chapter 1, we see the first time that Jesus and Peter meet. This is really neat to me to, to kind of trace a short timeline of Peter and to, to, to get to know him and see the things that he did. So turn to John chapter 1, and what happens is Peter at the time went by the name Simon. So if you see Simon or Simon Peter, Peter, that's Peter as we usually call him. Now, John the Baptist uh, saw Jesus... And he pointed Jesus out to two of his disciples. One of his disciples was Peter's brother, Andrew. And so Andrew got excited and he went and told Peter, his brother, we found the Messiah. And so for the first time, Peter has heard of Jesus. And Andrew took his brother to meet Jesus. And Jesus said to him, this is Jesus' first words to Peter. So you are Simon, the son of John? Uh, son of John? You shall be called Cephas. And in parentheses in your Bible, it says that means Peter. That's the first thing Jesus ever said to Peter. Jesus immediately on his first meeting changes Peter's name, Simon's name, to Peter. Now, Simon means he has heard. That's interesting, isn't it? He had just heard of Jesus. He had just met Jesus. And Simon means he has heard. And what does Peter mean? Y'all know what Peter means, right? What does Peter mean? Rock, yeah. So he changes it from he has heard to rock. Now, why would, maybe he was the first the rock, I guess, but why would Jesus change his name? He hadn't seen him. He hadn't hung out with him. He hadn't done anything with him. But he changes his name to Peter, to rock. Now, it's interesting because I think 
He did that because Jesus saw in Peter who he really was and knew he could and would become. Now, we see Peter's great faith in Luke chapter 5. Now, let's start at verse number 1 in Luke chapter 5. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. On our next slide. And he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Verse 3. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master... We've toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to the, their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both their boats so that they both began to sink. Did you notice Peter's faith there? He, he didn't know Jesus really at this time. He obviously is beginning to believe this might very well be the Messiah. He's already met him, and Jesus changed his name in their first meeting. And, and, but he knew enough to at least put his trust in him and at least, at least said, well, why not? Let's give it a try. Because he said, Master, we've toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. Now let's look at what happened next. As soon as, uh, in verse number 8, as soon as the, 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 the big uh, catch of fish came in, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying what? Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. Verse 10, And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Peter had already trusted in Jesus when he told him to recast the net. And, but now we're seeing after that happened, how his demeanor changed. That was like his first experience to say, I think this is the Messiah. I see what he has done. And so what, what did he do? He heard this was uh, maybe the Messiah. Now he sees what this Messiah has done. And what did Peter do? He falls down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, I'm a sinner. You can't be near me. And I want you to remember that what Peter just did. Because I think what happens a lot of times when we, when we mess up, when we blow the shot, when we blow the play in our life, is we don't do what Peter did. A lot of times we get hard-hearted and hard-headed, don't we? And, and, and we just want to act like that didn't happen or we want to tell the story differently and we want to keep on going and not admit what happened and how that happened and what we did. But what we see in Peter is that he got down on his knees before Jesus. And that's what I want to encourage us to, to remember that point. And then what did Jesus say? Don't be afraid. 
See, we, we, we shouldn't be afraid to get on our knees to Jesus, to take to Him our mess-ups and our faults and our failures and our sin and our struggles and our problems. And He said, from now on you will be catching men. From the first time Peter met Jesus, uh, Jesus was nudging him to become something. And Peter didn't understand it at the time. But he was always nudging him to become this rock that he saw in him. And at that point, the Bible tells us Peter and James and John left everything and followed him. Now, in Matthew 14, Peter demonstrates uh, this same faith when he gets out of the boat, boat and walks on water towards Jesus. You remember that? And in Matthew 16, when Jesus is asking his disciples, who do you say that I am? Who do others say that that I am. And Peter confesses, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And what did Jesus say? Back to his name. I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. What rock? That, that, that rock of faith that he saw in Peter from the beginning. That, that confession of Christ as the Messiah and Savior. On that rock of faith, uh, Peter, uh, Jesus told Peter, I'm going to build my church. And so maybe now you're wondering, well, where, where's the part about Peter getting the rebound? I, I thought we were going to look at that and Peter was going to help us know how to do that in our life. Well, that's where we are now. In Luke chapter 22, we find Jesus with his 12, his 12 disciples in the upper room where they were doing for the first time what we just finished doing. They were partaking of the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper is what it was, their last meal with Jesus before he was arrested and crucified and ascended to heaven. It was, it was before he had prayed on the Mount of Olives, before Judas betrayed him, and before he was arrested and crucified, Jesus spent this special time with his disciples and instituted the Lord's Supper. And in verses 31 through 32, we see where Jesus said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Now Jesus had already told them that one of you is going to betray me. And they're sitting there wondering, probably, why is Jesus talking about this right now? And how on earth would any of us do that? And who's it going to be? And then Jesus turns to Simon Peter and tells him this. You see, Satan was hard at work to, to stop, to destroy what Jesus was doing. Satan was hard at work because Satan knew what was going to happen. He was hard at work to, to disturb and, and mess up the lives of the disciples because he knew that what, the, what these disciples were going to be doing after Jesus was gone. And so Jesus is saying... Satan wants to shake you like we shake wheat. He wants to sift you. And he's trying to disturb and mess up what you're going to do. Remember, his name is Rock, his faith. And he told Peter, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Now think about that for a moment. Jesus knew temptations and challenges were going to come. Jesus knows we're going to deal with things in our lives. Did Jesus take that away from Peter? Did Jesus say, don't, don't worry, don't worry, I got it taken care of. I'm going to make it not happen. 
Jesus didn't stop it. He just knew it was going to happen and told him it was going to happen. He didn't know exact. Peter didn't know exactly. But Jesus knew temptations and challenges would come. Jesus knew you're going to miss the shot. You're going to blow the play. You're going to mess up the whole game. But don't you quit is going to be his message. He's telling him, Peter, when this happens, when you miss the shot, get the rebound, Peter. When, when, when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. You get the rebound. Don't get out of the game. And look at what he said in uh, the rest of verse 32. When you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Now, strengthen your brothers. Who was his brothers? The other disciples and those he would work with. Peter couldn't believe what Jesus was saying. And what did, what did Peter say to, to Jesus? He said in verse 33, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And Jesus says, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny me three times that you know him, that you know me, until you deny three times that you know me. This has got to be a strange thing Peter has heard, but it's in this same chapter, Luke 22, where we see Peter actually deny Jesus. It happened soon after that, verse, starting in verse 54. Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high, high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. And, then, and when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, and you know he can tell she's staring at him, says, this man was also with him. Verse 57, Peter denied it, saying, woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, you are also one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, certainly this man was also with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you're talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, what happened? The rooster crowed. Imagine being Peter in that moment. And the Lord, listen to this, verse 61. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. They made, they made eye contact. Can you imagine being Peter in that moment? And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And what did Peter do? He went out and wept bitterly. So we, can't, we can only try to imagine being Peter in that scene. And after doing that, making eye contact with Jesus, remembering what he just said, and, and how you would feel. That's unimaginable how you would feel. And he leaves and weeps bitterly. Peter had totally and completely blown it. Like, if you want to know what's the worst way to blow it, that's it right there. Deny in person publicly, you know Jesus, right in front of him. That's as bad as you could get. And this is the same guy who had just fearlessly cut off the ear of a soldier trying to arrest Jesus. He had just done that uh, not long ago. This is uh, the same guy who was not afraid to uh, walk on water, threw himself into the, the water to follow Jesus. This was the same guy who let his net down at Jesus' word. 
And this was the same guy who when he met Jesus, Jesus changed his name to Peter, meaning rock. And now he was anything but a rock of faith, wasn't he? He had totally blown it. You ever been there in your life? You ever felt like that? You ever wondered if there's any way to recover from this? Any way I can get the rebound? Any way I can bounce back? Any way I could ever get right with God? And maybe that's just a feeling based on one thing you did that was somewhat relatively small, but you felt horrible about it. Maybe it was something big and huge, and, and you've, you wonder and you feel about as bad as Peter probably did. But in John chapter 21, we find Peter again. In John 21, we find Peter again. This is after Jesus has died, uh, been buried. And we find Peter with some of the other disciples, and they decide to go fishing. So Peter and some of the disciples go out fishing in their boat. They had fished all night, but didn't catch anything. Does that sound familiar? Not when you went fishing last time, but the last time we read that about Peter. Look at verse number four. <clears throat> Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it. And now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved, therefore, said to Peter, It's the Lord! He recognized who he was. And what did Peter do? When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and he threw himself into the sea. Does that also sound familiar? Threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat dragging the net full of fish for they were not far from the land. But Peter's like, I ain't waiting for the boat. He jumps into the sea and comes to the shore. They were about 100 yards off. Look at what Jesus did. Jesus told them to bring some fish, uh, some of the fish they had just caught. And Jesus took some of the fish and cooked them breakfast. He had a fire there and he makes them breakfast. And after breakfast, Jesus calls Peter over to the side and has a private conversation with him. Look at verses 15 through 17. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Now, this is their first conversation after Jesus has been crucified and raised again. And this is their first time back together. Uh, verse, and then Jesus says, feed my lambs. Verse 16, he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. Verse 17, he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, what? Feed my sheep. So Peter had denied Jesus three times, and now Jesus gives him the opportunity to confess his love for him three times. 
He gave him the chance to get the rebound in his faith. He didn't didn't criticize him. He wasn't looking for a way to zap him. He didn't call him over and say, you're fired. He didn't call him over and and say, look, this is it. You ain't making it to heaven. Here's the scoop because of what you did. He called him over to bring him back in to put him on the path of doing the ministry God would have him to do. And he said to him, feed my sheep. He saw all the good in Peter that he knew was there from the very beginning when he changed his name. And he wanted to bring that out in Peter. He wanted him to be that rock that he knew he was. He was telling Peter, Peter, just get the rebound. Don't jump out of the game. Don't go sit on the bench. Get your head back in the game and get the rebound in your faith. He was telling him, you get the ball and you put some points on the board. Do you remember back at the Last Supper, Jesus told Peter he would deny him three times? Do you remember what he said he was doing? He was, Jesus said, I'm praying for you. See, remember he knew the temptations were coming. He knows they're coming in your life. And what did Jesus say? I'm praying for you. Jesus wants that for you. He wants you to turn it around. He's not looking for an excuse to keep you out of heaven. He died to get you in heaven. He's doing everything he can to keep you in, with him and to keep you in heaven. And he said, I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you've turned again, strengthen the brothers. And now was the time for Peter to do just that, to strengthen the brothers, to get the rebound, to dig in, and to do what? Feed my sheep. Peter did get the rebound in his faith, didn't he? He went on to preach the first sermon in the book of Acts, chapter 2. And what happened? How many people were baptized? 3,000 people. And then we read just right after that, more people, thousands were baptized. And that's Peter who got the rebound, who went on to preach that first sermon at the first gathering of the church. Remember Jesus told him, from now on you'll be catching men. Not dates, but saving lost souls. That's what he meant. From now on you're going to be fishing for men. And Peter went on to do many great things in his faith after he got the rebound. Okay, so as we close, how do you get the, how do you get the rebound? How do you do it? Well, let's just look at what Peter did. First, you need to get you need to repent and get right with God. And maybe that's in just between you and God. Maybe that's with somebody else. And that's also an opportunity during the invitation. And I'm not trying to coax that. I'm just saying there are many opportunities to do that. You don't, don't say, well, I don't want to go forward or, or I don't want to do that. You, you just talk to God and get things right with him. And maybe you need to talk to somebody else. But, but you need to repent. In other words, you need to turn. And in basketball, it means uh, you've got to get that rebound. Someone doesn't miss the shot and you just stand there. You've got to go get that ball and put it in the basket. So the same is true in your faith. You can't freeze on the court like you don't know what to do. You've got to be actively engaged in your faith. It was Peter himself in 1 Peter 1.13 who said, Prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. He learned that lesson, didn't he? He knew exactly what he was talking about. When you read Peter's letters... You're, you hear, like you, you it, just read through Peter's letters and you can tell he remembers being back there then and he's grown. 
You see that. You see his heart. And then we need to confess our love for Jesus. That's, what Peter, that's the opportunity Jesus gave Peter. Three times, confess your love for Jesus. That was Peter's problem when he denied him. His love for Jesus he thought was strong, but then he realized it was not very rock solid when the heat was on, when, when the, 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 clock shot was, the shot clock was, was ticking down, when the heat is on, the pressure's on, he didn't stand very rock solid. Confess your love for Jesus, and then what? Get to work. Feed the sheep. Strengthen the brothers. If you want to be strong in your faith, you've got to also get to work and serve the Lord in His church, in your community, in your work. The Christian life is about 10,000, 10 million new beginnings. And that's what Jesus wants you to do is come to Him every time, every time, and get the rebound. God is all about you getting the rebound in your faith. I want you to know that it's not over. You think maybe your marriage is over. You think a relationship is over. You think what you did means it's over. Your relationship with God is over. Your service is over. You think you blew it so bad. Whatever it is, it's over. And Jesus is saying, no, it's not. Who do you think you are? I am the one who saves you. Turn to me. And serve me, love, confess your love for me, rededicate your faith in me. Get the rebound. It's not over like you think it is. What we need to do is turn to Christ in our lives and get the rebound. If we can help you this morning in any way, we want you to know that we're here for you. Not just now, but always. If there's anything we can do for you this morning, we want to invite you to come forward as we together stand.